0: hello everyone and welcome to whistle in the dark (laughs) sorry it's me it's april uh let's do this Welcome to episode two of season two of Whistle in the Dark, a feel-good podcast about all things terrifying. In it, I'm going to interview friends about spooky experiences, discuss irrational fears, and feature immersive radio drama-style storytelling. This week is all about stories. Well, I guess they're all about stories, but this time, i brought back a few friends to answer the question, what story did you hear as a kid that scared you so much, it stuck with you to this day? Turns out they come from one of two places, parents and sleepovers. So let's get started. Take a load off by the fire. You want a beer, hot chocolate, s'mores? Well then you should have brought them. So without further ado, let's go. So as I've mentioned before, I was sheltered from a lot of spooky, scary content when I was a kid. TV, books, movies, Ouija boards, they were all off limits. But what are my workarounds besides staring at horror movie covers at Blockbuster? was to beg my friends to describe horror movies they had watched, scene by scene. Nothing was off-limits. I mean, I guess some things were off-limits, but a lot of scary stuff. I learned of an evil clown stalking children from the sewers in It, <laughs> an infamous backwards spider crawl down the stairs in The Exorcist, tales of pool monsters from a particularly frightening episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, and a god-forsaken Chucky doll hiding in the backseat of a man's car. And I was affected by every single one of these stories. I stayed the hell away from manhole covers and sewer drains, constantly looked behind my back while swimming, and still, to this day, check the back seat before I get into my car. And I'm not looking for a human being. I'm looking for that damn doll. (laughs) But there was one movie in particular, one scene in particular, that frightened me beyond anything else. I first heard about it at a sleepover. Even at 12, my friend knew I couldn't handle this story. But I insisted, and she obliged. In the scene she described to me, a man is searching his house for a child, room by room. He enters a bedroom, coaxing the child to come out, when he hears a mischievous giggle from underneath the bed. He slowly approaches, crouches down, and begins to pull back the cover when... He's sliced in the Achilles by the child he was looking for. An insidious little demon who then deprives the man of his throat in the rudest way possible. It's arguably the most famous scene from Pet Cemetery, and you probably know it as well as I do. At the time I heard the story, it was spooky enough, but I didn't imagine it would stick with me beyond that point. Because, well, I was 12. So we continue with our sleepover, play video games, eat junk food, and at around midnight, turn the lights out and went to sleep. She in her bed, and I in the sleeping bag beside it. I was prepared to spend most of the night laying there, sleepless, as was my custom, so I turned to my side, faced her bed, and absentmindedly gazed into the darkness underneath. Mistake. Because the longer I stared at that grainy, dark void beneath her bed, the more I could make out vague shapes. An extra blanket, shoes, board games, but then a different shape came into view, a small Face, arms, a torso, and legs. To my horror, there was a tiny body under my friend's bed. Did it just move? At this point, my panic is off the charts. It definitely moved, it just moved. So I did what any rational 12 year old would do in the situation. (whistles) Screen bloody murder. Long story short, her mom rushed into the room to find her bewildered daughter sitting upright in bed while her little friend hyperventilated on the floor. Turns out, I was looking at an American Girl doll, which is no less terrifying. Still, the night was over. Everyone knew the drill. This was not the first time I pulled something like this. Parents were called, my dad picked me up, and I slept in my own bed that night. And even though I can look back and poke fun at it, as innocent as it all turned out to be, I still check underneath my bed every single night. And not the dumb way. Like in movies where the parent crouches right beside the bed in the dark. Or when the kid hangs their head off the side of the bed to look underneath. I crouch beside my bedroom door with all of my
1: lights on before I even approach my bed. Like a champ. (laughs) Hi, I'm Megan Gonzalez. Now I feel like I'm recording a voicemail. (laughs) Hi, I'm Megan Gonzalez. Okay, April's laughing. Sorry! (laughs) (laughs) My name is Megan Gonzalez, and this is a story from when I was in seventh grade. I was invited to... My first kind of real party, I guess, it was uh, all the boys and all the girls from my class and someone who had used to be in our class and then left the school, she invited us all over. So already it was like, okay, this is cool. And I think her parents were kind of wealthy because she had a pool and a jacuzzi. Oh, and also it was at night. Like, I remember it being dark when we were hanging out at her house and in this jacuzzi. I was 12. I don't know why. (laughs) This was happening at all. But, anyways, and we're sitting there, it's dark, and I think people just start to tell scary stories. So, everyone's going around in a circle, and I don't remember who told the story. I wish I did, but someone tells this urban legend. And it's the story of two girls who are best friends. They would walk home together from school every single day, hang out in one of the other's houses until they had to go home to bed. And on this one particular night, um, like the one friend, you know, she says goodbye to her friend. They're packing up for the night and she starts to walk home and she's about halfway there. And she realizes that she forgot her backpack. So she goes back. But by this time, like she'd gotten far enough away, enough time had passed. Then when she goes back, the family has gone to bed. So like the house is dark. Everyone's in bed asleep. And she's like, okay, well, you know, I know where the secret key is. I can walk upstairs. I know where all the steps that make a squeak are, so I can skip them all. So she sneaks up to her friend's bedroom, and she sees her backpack on the floor, picks it up, and when she stands up, she sees this weird shadow on the wall. She doesn't know what it is, but it freaks her out a little bit, and she just gets out of there as quickly as she can, so she runs home, goes to bed. Every single day they walk to school together too. So she goes to the, her friend's house the next morning and as she's walking up, there's cop cars everywhere and police tape and all this stuff going on. And she walks up to one of the cops and asks him what happened. And he tells her, well, the family in this house was murdered last night. And she's totally shocked. And she realizes that the shadow she saw, it was a man's shadow. She runs up into the house, into her friend's room and written on the wall in her friend's blood are the words, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the light? Ooh. I don't think I'm doing that story justice, but it freaked the heck out of me. And my parents picked me up from this party. I'm like probably silent on the whole ride home. We get home. I'm hanging out in their room for as long as I possibly can. And they're finally like, okay, Megan, it's time to go to bed. And I, th- I think I did take like five steps down the hallway and I could not continue. My parents' bedroom was literally at the end of this one long hallway that spanned the entire width of our house, and my bedroom was at the other. It's creepy. Oh, I hate that. (laughs) And, like, I'd never been afraid of this hallway before. But at this moment, as I stood there, I knew with 100% certainty there was a murderer waiting in my room (laughs) to kill me. And I think I turned around, and I was like, Mom and Dad, I cannot go to my room. And I don't think I told them why right away. I think they had to kind of coax it out of me. And I have a very active imagination. They're used to me being weird. And eventually my dad walked down the hallway with me to my room, having sat with me, like talked me through everything. Like it was just a story. It's not real. But that was maybe one of the most freaked out times I've ever been in my entire life. Long hallways, man. They'll get you. And if they don't get you, the person at the end of the (laughs)
0: room will. (laughs) Hey, we're back with Tanaz. Is this three years later? Yes, I think so. Wow. I hate
2: time. (laughs) Tanaza has done a lot. I made a baby. (laughs) I made a human, another human. Jesus. (laughs) So, April had asked, what story did you hear as a kid that scared you? And I was thinking about this one day. I was maybe like 10 or 11. So, my mom would always say, don't cut your nails at night. But I just thought it was like a silly superstition. So there I was cutting my nails at night and my mom happens to see. And she goes, don't cut your nails at night. I told her not to cut your nails at night. And I was like, but why? Why can't I? So just to give a little bit of background, it's a very uh, common Asian superstition. And there are many like reasons behind it, depending where in Asia you're from. But this was her version. So when you cut your nails... And for some reason, especially at night, they hold your like DNA and that can be used to perform black magic on you and try to do harm to you. And this was supposedly a true story that she heard from a friend of a friend. Uh, and this happened in India. And the story goes that he got a promotion at work over somebody else. And this somebody else became very, very jealous and somehow got a hold of some fingernails or, you know, toenails, who knows, that he had cut at night. So how he came to find out was because, well, firstly, he started to feel some really negative energy from this guy. And then that negative energy started to follow him around. He just felt like... He was sort of surrounded with some bad vibes. And then one night, he heard a tap, tap, tap at his window. So he walks over to the window, but he can't see anything. And every night, this tap, tap, tap would repeat. Every night, tap, tap, tap at his window. Tap, tap, tap. And he couldn't figure out what it was because he would go there and he would just see nothing. And one night, the tapping got so loud... Tap, 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 tap. So he walked over and he saw tiny little rocks like flying at the window. And he thought how no one could possibly be throwing these rocks. He couldn't see anybody. So he tried to ignore it. But again, every night, tap, tap, tap. And the rocks started getting bigger and bigger and louder and faster. And suddenly his whole windowsill was filled with rocks. And eventually it got to the point where he said, I am going to have to do something about this because otherwise one day one of these rocks is going to come through my window and who knows, maybe even kill me. So he went to see a priest, according to my mom. And the priest is the one that told him that he had uh, this negative energy around him and he did a prayer and a clearing and the rocks stopped. And the only thing that apparently this guy could think of was that he cut his nails at night. <laughs> Question time. <laughs> there are a lot of plot holes in this story. <laughs> um,
0: Did he cut his nails at night? at work and like drop them in the bin next to maybe i maybe
2: he worked very long hours uh don't ever cut your nails in the office i think that's gross but maybe he did but yeah as a kid i was freaked out and then i was thinking about all the times i had cut my nails at night and where those nails could be and if somebody could have done black magic to me so i was pretty freaked out (laughs) so do you clip your nails at night now uh,
3: sometimes I do now. I don't, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Mom. <laughs> okay, hi, Joy. Hi. You're back. I am back. I'm back in the closet. It's good to be back. It was the shortest commute I've ever had. Yeah. Across the hall from my room into yours. <laughs> One day I'll pay you. <laughs> so uh, what do you got for us? All right. Yes, so I have kind of a story within a story, a little Russian nesting doll. So the first part is... I remember being at a sleepover at Carson's house. Oh, no, names! Damn it. At Name Changed for Privacy's house. <laughs> we we're all telling scary stories, and it's the same, you know, urban legend scary stories that get passed around. But this one I had never heard before. So the story goes that there's a young girl. She's in high school, and her parents are going out for the evening. They are thinking about getting a babysitter for her, but she says she's old enough to stay home alone and they finally agree to let her stay at the house by herself as long as, you know, she makes sure to lock all the doors, um, you know, obviously not let anyone in that she doesn't know. They tell their daughter, they'll be home at midnight, you know, be good, leave her some money for pizza, you know, whatever. She's so excited to be home alone for the first time. She orders a pizza, she dances around the living room. She watches movies that her parents would never let her watch. She she eats junk food. And finally it gets to be late, so she decides to go to bed. She turns off the TV, goes upstairs, and goes to sleep. A little while later, she wakes up, and she's not exactly sure what woke her up, but she kind of listens for a second, and she hears something downstairs. So she goes down, and she sees that the TV is on. And she's pretty sure she turned it off. But, you know, she was tired. Maybe she left it on. She clicks it off again, goes upstairs, gives their family dog, you know, a pat on the head, gets back in bed and goes back to sleep. Later, she wakes up again. And this time she has no idea what woke her up. But she kind of pauses and listens. She doesn't hear anything. She is a little freaked out, but she thinks maybe, you know, a noise outside or something, and so she reaches her hand down next to her bed, pets the dog, the dog licks her hand, and she feels better, she goes back to sleep. Then for the third time, she starts awake, and this time, she wakes up because she hears screaming. So she gets out of bed, jumps out, runs downstairs. Her mom and dad are in the kitchen. And she sees that the family dog is on the floor in the kitchen, dead, all sliced up. And on the wall in the kitchen, in the dog's blood, it's written, humans can lick too. (laughs) And at the time, I didn't, you know, when I heard that story at that sleepover, we were all telling scary stories and everything scared me equally. Because all the scary stories in the moment get you all those urban legends you know the the man with the hook on the the roof of the car when the couple is making out at make out point or the you know the trucker that follows the girl on the road and is honking at her for miles and then just to you know pull next to her to truck stop and tell her there's someone in the back seat like all of those I remember but that one story is the one that has stuck with me the most and I think the reason is because of my dad's story my dad told us this story any chance he could get. You know dads, they, they love to tell the same story over and over again, even though you've heard it a thousand times. So the way that my dad tells it, when he was younger, he was asleep one night in his old bedroom, and he wakes up, like starts awake, and he has no idea why his eyes just snap open. He t- it takes him a couple seconds to figure out what's going on, but there's this pressure on his chest. And he said it felt like a huge person or thing with its hand pushing down in the center of his chest and just putting all of its weight down. So he feels like he's getting completely pushed into the mattress. And he can't move, he can't speak, he can't do anything at all. And he also can't see anything above him. But he can feel just this intense weight. And he said that it got heavier and heavier and heavier and spread from his chest down to his stomach, out onto his arms and down onto his legs until finally it felt like the thing had its entire body spread out over his and was just laying on top of him, pushing him down. He's been panicking and panicking and finally he, he gets to a point where he's, he's freaking out, he doesn't know what to do, and then he wakes up. And he said he sat up in bed, was sweating and panicking and freaking out and kind of like looking around. He kind of, you know, takes a couple of deep breaths and is steadying himself, is like, okay, okay, like, I'm fine, that was a dream, it wasn't real, there's nothing here. So he lays back down and he reaches down next to the side of the bed to pet his dog, Misty, and you know, kind of be reassured and comforted. He reaches down, touches her head, and as he starts to pet her, Misty just attacks him. Her whole jaws just clamp down around his hand. And then he wakes up for real. And he said he snapped up in bed, you know, again, and is looking around like crazy, super freaked out, looks down next to the bed. Misty's there, but sleeping. He knew he was really awake, but it just freaked him out so much to have that kind of dream within a dream. He said he felt like for days after, very out of control and very kind of like questioning everything. Am I still dreaming? Yeah, totally disoriented. I I think about that every time I think about people that have sleep paralysis or have nightmares. I've never seen someone so affected by a nightmare like that. Like I still, I don't like to reach my hand down next to the side of my bed in the dark. The possibility that something really bad can happen in that dark, unknown space between the top of the bed, which is the safety zone, and over the edge into the darkness. That two and a half foot gap is what gets me.
0: (laughs) Thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode of Whistle in the Dark. And stay tuned for the next one on October 7th. And if you're enjoying what you're hearing so far, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. It helps a lot. If you'd like me to tell any spooky stories you have, please submit them to Whistle in the Dark Pod. That's whistle in the dark pod, pod, at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Whistle in the Dark Pod, or on Twitter at The Whistle Dark. See you next time. Boop. <laughs> oh, watch that Achilles. Seriously, though. All right, bye.